Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the co-founder of Divisio, the all-new affiliate network for people in all niches at D-U-V-I-S-I-O. We've got another fantastic show for you guys today. We've got my co-host and co-founder in Divisio, as well as the Associate Dean of Directions University, Jack Humphrey. Hello, Jack. Hello. And I'm going to let you tell everybody about our awesome and amazing guest today. All righty then. We have today Crystal Collins. And she believes that everybody should have access to healthy food. And I think so too. I agree with that. That belief is what derives everything that she does, whether it's blogging, making videos, public speaking, or posting on social media. And Crystal, welcome to Traffic Masters. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Hey, Crystal. Thanks for being here. We... Go ahead, Jack. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're excited to have you. We love talking to people like you. So can you tell us a little bit about what got you out of bed this morning? What What's exciting to you right now? Oh, um, glorious weather today and i'm sorry to be so mundane to talk about the weather but i'm here in the south in atlanta and the sun is shining the air is crisp it's absolutely glorious and it's just a beautiful day and i'm so grateful for the opportunity to share my story with you guys and i'm really grateful that it's just a beautiful day and i get to talk with amazing people awesome uh, I'm in Indiana, and I took a walk this morning at 34 degrees, uh, but it was sunny. So, you know, as long as I was walking in the sun and I had a black coat on, I was okay. But I don't know if I'm ready for this winter yet. So I'm almost as excited about, as, about the day as you are, <laughs> or the weather. <laughs> so, well, tell us a little bit more about uh, who you are and what you do. I gave you a little brief intro, but I know that probably doesn't even scratch the surface. Where would you like to start? Oh, uh, well, I am a publisher. I own my own publishing conglomerate online where I do video. Uh, My main website is naturalthrifty.com, and there I share health and wellness and juicing recipes, smoothie recipes. I offer coaching to people that are trying to go on a plant-based diet and those that want, maybe those that don't even want to go full plant-based and just want to get into it partially. Uh, I do a lot of video content there. I write a lot of ebooks. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of busy. Um, I'm actually a single mom, so I, you know, when I'm not working, I'm taking care of my kids or cleaning the house, uh, and I do everything mm-hmm. from home. And I'm just, uh, I'm busy, but I love what I do because I'm able to impact so many people, and with my story because I actually got started back in 2008 with my website. And I started it because, honestly, I just needed a way to help uh, provide for my family because, you know, that was when the recession was hitting and everyone was struggling and I had recently been laid off and I needed to do something. So I started my website and when I first started it, you know, I didn't really know where I was going. I didn't have much direction and I was just starting to get healthy. And I was actually at the time at a size 16, I was overweight, unhealthy, uh, you know, Along with that went things like depression and just feeling sluggish and tired all the time. So I I just started doing healthier things, like getting more active, uh, eating healthy foods, juicing, smoothies. And within a couple years, now I'm down to a size four. Um, I've been down to a size two, and now I've kind of leveled out and kind of like at a healthy weight for my body now. And I've done all that just through simple changes that I did over time. And it wasn't like I, you know, did some kind of quick fix diet thing. It was a lifestyle change for me. And so I'm really blessed to be able to share my story with others. And so many people have been impacted because uh, what I have to say really resonates with people. And it's just the way I do it is so simple that anybody can follow it. So that's, in a nutshell, that's kind of what I do. I just try to help change people's lives. 
Well, you are in what I understand to be an incredibly uh, competitive niche. You're not the only person who does this, right, On the, in the world? Most definitely, yes. It is It is flooded, and it's interesting to me because when I started back in 2008, um, I wasn't really familiar with many health and wellness blogs or websites, and just in the last several years, it's kind of exploded. <laughs> so it's definitely yeah. competitive. So how do you deal with that? Why are you uh, even talking to us right now? Because it seems like a niche like this would swallow up a person and spit them out a little bit, right? Because it's just, it's everywhere. So a lot of people are getting feeds in their in their social stream from different people that they follow um, mm-hmm. on, you know, all the different topics, health and juicing and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. How do you stick out? What's your plan? How, how do you uh, differentiate yourself in the market? Well, I, I'm just, I just be myself, honestly. I'm, don't really see it as, you know, I need to be competing with everyone. I see it as more I have mm-hmm. a story to share. I have something to contribute to society, and I just put it out there. And, you know, whether whether I reach 100 people or I reach a million people, either way, I'm still impacting lives. So I think if, as a business owner, if I get to, if I focus too much on what the other guys are doing, I'm not focusing on the things I should be focusing on, I, which is mm-hmm. to help people and to better myself as well and take care of my family. And focusing on what everybody else is doing, it doesn't help me do that. And it can actually be really discouraging. Right. So I, I just try to focus on what I'm doing and focus on my message. And it does resonate with people, and I'm able to provide for my family, which is a blessing. And if I if someday explode and become, you know, a multimillionaire become of it, it'd be great. I mean, I can influence more people that way and help more people. But either way, it's not about what the other guys are doing. It's about what I have to offer. It's a, it's a perfect answer all around. It's what I was fishing for. You probably knew that. But uh, <laughs> it was even better when you said if you make your millions that the first thing that you said is so that you could serve more people. The whole example in your answer is I'm in my environment. You're like a fish. You can't tell a fish about water. They don't understand mm-hmm. what you're asking them. <laughs> and you're just doing it. You're not paying attention to other people. And that's fine to say, and that's usually where people usually stop, but you Hello? Oh, where did Chuck Hello? go? Hello? Hang on, Crystal. Let me see if I can okay. find him again. All right. So also, before we end the hour, and this is Jan, by the way, I want hey, you to Jan, talk about what Natalie are doing, uh, because that is also sounds really fun. I can't wait to hear more of y'all's uh, podcasts. How about now? Can you hear me now? We can. Oh, good. <laughs> Sorry about Come that. back, Jack. Uh, I gave I gave a million dollar uh, piece of advice there, but I forgot it. Oh so man! I'll find it See again. if you can rehash that awesomeness <laughs> you were going to say. I was just saying that it is really really cool to find people who are just thriving in their environment. I think there's uh, too much focus. Actually, it might have sounded like I was providing that focus, but I actually just was being the devil's advocate about the competition, which is non-existent. It doesn't exist. I mean. If you're in a niche of any kind, yours isn't special. Yours is busy. Any niche that's worth being in is busy, right? There's a lot of people doing stuff. And there's also a lot of apparent doing when there's not really any doing. Like a lot of people don't know there's a whole bunch of fake accounts on social media and they they, you know, and they're there for political reasons or whatever and and people are uh, talk back to those accounts as if they're real people. And then they also count them as real people and it, it confuses everybody because they're like, wow, I can't believe so many people think like this or feel this way or whatever. And the amateur takes all of that in, in, in aggregate and goes, wow, things are blank a certain way or whatever. And the same thing with marketers. There's a lot of fake accounts out there. Like the, people will put up a website because it's an investment and they'll make it look as close as they can to a real person driving it, someone with a story like yours when it's not really uh, <laughs> the case. And I think a lot of people go into their market 
and, and look at all of it in the aggregate and go, oh, my God, this is too busy. This is too much. I'll never be heard. My voice will never be heard above all of this craziness. But it's not as crazy as you think it is. And it's not real. A lot of it is not real. Your real competition, if you were going to say there were other people out there really doing what you're doing, that's a very sm much smaller number than the industry as a whole when you think about all the different blogs that exist and everything. A lot of, most of those are paid writers and, and uh and you know stuff like that. And so when you get really down to what you know you and your friends instead of competition, your peers or your friends or whatever online that are doing this, it isn't that big of a number because it is hard for people to bring authenticity that you're bringing that, to to just thrive in your environment and decide this is my place. I'm sticking my flag in it here, and we're you know this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to help people in this way. I'm going to reach people in this way. That actually is kind of rare. Uh, when you when you look at all of the different things that are going on, there's not as many people as as anyone might think in any given niche that are really doing what you do, uh, which is being there, like really truly being there and putting your whole life behind it. When you're not with the kids and and all that stuff, this is your this is your life as much as it is your business. It sounds like to me, am I off base or did I nail it? I think you nailed it. Um, is there is there an echo? I'm hearing an echo. <clears throat> Excuse me. There could be. Are you all I'm hearing the hearing delay, it. the echo? Okay. Just no. barely, not really. Okay, okay, good. No, I think you, you nailed it with that. I... Sorry, I'm hearing this huge delay, and it's kind of throwing me off. Um, you definitely nailed it. I really... Uh, I see it all the time with people who are in the health and wellness niche is they'll 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 be huge defendants of living healthy and they they promote it as much as possible and I see that they're not living the lifestyle and that's really unfortunate because if if you really are going to do something and believe in something be an example of it do so, do something to make a difference but also do it for yourself and you know we see this all the time people will complain and they'll gripe about the things they don't like in their life, but uh, then they don't do anything to change it. So just seeing that mm -hmm. example, yes, you definitely had it there. Oh, good. Sometimes I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jan said something during I, – I was able to hear you guys when you couldn't hear me, and Jan said something about a podcast. Jan, do you want to – I didn't hear all of that. Did you have a question? Well, I know that um, Crystal – and we've just had recently had Natalie Collins back on – and Crystal and Natalie have been doing some cool stuff together. So just before the hour was up, I wanted her to touch on that as well. Oh, okay. Well, we can touch on it now. Let's do that. What are you guys up to? Well, uh, so one of the parts of my business is, of course, I do the juicing and the smoothies and the coaching. And one of the aspects is I also sell essential oils on my site. And that is that naturally fits in because, you know, I'm that crunchy, healthy person. It just kind of goes in line with it. And one of the things that we found in trying to build an essential oils business and helping people who come on board with us is it can be very overwhelming. And we decided to actually create a planner to help people organize their business for 2016. It's called Oily Planner. You guys can check it out at oilyplanner.com. And along with that, we're also providing coaching. And we just recently have recorded four episodes for a podcast that's launching so that's actually going to be going up this week and next and that's very interesting doing a podcast i have lots of respect for those of you that do these programs because there are lots of uh aspects to it that a lot of people don't realize uh so it's been a, a good learning experience but that whole project with natalie has been amazing because she's a wonderful woman to work with she's a great friend she's we we say we're soul sisters her name's Natalie Collins. I'm Crystal Collins. We're not related at all. <laughs> but uh, we are soul sisters and work really well together. And that's been a, a huge um, thing because it's a learning experience for me, publishing a book for the first time. And I've really enjoyed it. And the podcasting is is really enjoyable as well. Awesome. Yeah, you're going to love it. It's fun. Overall, it's fun. But sometimes people get cut off or echoes or, <laughs> you know, there's there's fun to doing things live. I mean, it just keeps you going. I, I feel like you got to have something like that uh, in your life 
when you're in business online and you work, you know, in your home and you got to have something that reaches out and talks to people now, not after you make mm -hmm. a blog post and then you sit and wait for people to comment or any of the other ways okay. that we communicate online. It's always after the fact. And there's got to be, for me, some kind of live interaction mm -hmm. with the world at large. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or it gets really, really weird after, uh, after going on 17 years now, um, not having a real job. You gotta come up with ideas for <laughs> how do you feel like you're part of the world? Mm -hmm. Talk to people. Yeah. Get out there and talk to people. So, good luck on that. And and uh, what again was the? Are you giving out the URL to the podcast? Or it sounds like it's not going yet, or is it? It's it's uh, oilyplanner.com is where the podcast is going. Oh, it's all the same thing. Okay, week. gotcha. Yes. Well, you can go to oilypodcast.com too, but it just redirects to the site. But that, I like what you said there about it connecting with. And the beautiful thing about doing a podcast is I've noticed how good it is for building relationships. And I, you know, I wanted to do a podcast for years, and I was hesitant to do it because I was like, well, how's that really going to help my business? I'm actually going to be launching one for my Natural Thrifty site come January because I've seen the, the impact that can have connecting. And people don't realize when they work online and they're entrepreneurs online how vital networking is for your business and relationships are and you know though they might you might you might piddle away at your computer and you might have a successful site for a little while or you know some kind of successful product but if you really want to be a powerful impact on the world and make a difference and have a wildly successful business it's all about relationships and people and that's the beautiful thing about these things these podcasts and so if you're not listening to podcasts, I would highly recommend get listening to them. One of my favorites is Lewis Howes. Uh, he's the school of greatness. I listen oh, to it every yeah. morning and it inspires and encourages me and helps me focus on my business. And if you're not doing a podcast for your business yet, you, you need to be. Because just the relationships that you build alone makes it impactful. If nobody listens, who cares? I mean, obviously you want people to listen, but the relationships that you build with the people you're interviewing, that's that's what's um, priceless, I think. Well, we enjoy the fact that people are listening and getting something out of it, and we have to have people listen or our guests start to find reasons not to show up. Um, right. <laughs> and good reasons. You know, they got to have somebody. So, uh, But to tell you a secret, this is one of the best networking things that we do, of all the things that we do. Um, over the years, I've had uh, website chats, the Friday Traffic Report, and then doing this with Gina. There's always been some kind of a podcast in my mix. And uh, really, that is how we find really cool people we didn't know about before or reconnect with people that we've kind of lost touch with uh, and re-solidify those, those um, connections. And it's huge. It's huge on both sides. So if people get to listen in on, on what we're talking about, if they find that interesting or whatever, that's awesome. That's what it's for. But it's also for, as a podcaster, you couldn't do anything better to get to reach out and get somebody interested in talking to you um, than giving them exposure. <laughs> you know, it's, hey, we're, we're all, we got our radio show. It's been going on for like 50 million years now. We've got a following and all of that. You want us to pop in? And nobody ever says no that mm -hmm. I know of. Jan's doing the booking now. But we, we know who to go after, so the likelihood of anybody saying no uh, in the targeting is nil. It really is nil. And it's great. It's like, wow, okay, so we're actually doing something. We're not just talking about something. We're actually doing something in the world. And uh, I still, again, think that's really important. So very good advice from you on that. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that I thought was so interesting about what Crystal does is you, you do a lot of stuff online because that's initially before I met you in, live at NAMS. Um, you know, I had seen you online and thought, wow, okay, this woman really has it together. She puts a lot of information out there. Um, you do a great job at letting people get to know you as a person. Okay? i got to tell you that right now because um, lots of people do the social media thing, and you can tell it's a veiled come buy my stuff. Hmm. You know, and yeah. which is fine, whatever, you're going to do that. But I'm saying, you know, after a while, I'm I'm not really that interested in them. But I actually felt like I got to know who you were um, in, in a lot of different ways that, you know, I, I was surprised at, as well as to learn 
the kinds of stuff that you're into. I love your smoothie picks. And your <laughs> Thank picks. you. I mean, seriously, you know, everybody takes pictures of their food, but I'm telling you, you follow Crystal, you are not, this is not your average picture of food. First of all, you could have like a whole other career just as a food photographer. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. Because they're so cool and they're beautiful because she eats plant-based stuff and then she'll say what it is. And a lot of times I'm like, oh, that seems like a really good idea. I think I'll go do that. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I just wanted to say you've done a really good job. How did you fa- you know, how did you fall into or where did you learn to use social media so effectively and also online to share your message and yourself? What have been the challenges and what are some of the things you've learned? Oh wow. Oh, those are those are great questions. I'm well since I've been around kind of since the blogging really started taking off and using social media, I I mean I'm mostly I'm self-taught. Uh, it's just something that I learned along the way and tested and found out what worked. Sometimes, you know, I'd post something to social media and I'd get like one like so I was like, okay, that doesn't work. So then I would post something else, and I get 30 likes. And I'm like, okay, so this works. Um, so some of it's been trial and error, just testing to see what works, um, what inspires people, and what moves them. Um, I, you know, one thing I know for sure is if I talk about politics, it will get engagement, but I'll also piss a lot of people off. <laughs> so um, yeah. I tend to just completely avoid talking about politics. Because, um, I mean, in all honesty, you know, I do have political views, but talking about them does not get my message out there. My message is little, helping others, service, uh, allowing people to thrive in their health and their wellness. And if I'm putting a barrier between myself and them by talking about something that, you know, is not even related and it just angers people, I'm doing them a disservice. I'm not helping my brand. I'm not helping others. Uh, So over time, I decided that there were things that I would and wouldn't talk about on social media. And that's not to saying that I'm not being authentic, because if I'm friends with you and you want to have a political discussion, we'll go at it uh, any day. Um, And I'll do it respectful. You know, I enjoy respectful, intelligent conversation. Um, But for social media, you know, you never know who's watching. And so it's really important to just be careful and mindful of the things that you're saying. And probably the biggest challenge has been um, learning what to say and what not to say, and but also being authentic at the same time and letting people see who I am. And that was just mainly through trial and error and testing. And I really, really love that you said um, how you can see my personality and see that I'm authentic because that is my main goal with social media. Uh, while I, you know, am, do run a business and I, I need to make money, it's important that my heart is seen by others and that I can impact people. It's so interesting because I I met someone the other day and we had an interesting conversation about uh, priorities and about making money and business. And this person mentioned that, you know, if I always put others first, then I will struggle in my business. And I don't think that's true. And it could have been that I, you know, mis- we mis- we had a misunderstanding with the conversation, but I think that if you put others first and you work hard to help and serve and you are a blessing to others, then success will come. And that's what I, that's my firm belief in, in my strive in my business is everything I do, I want to make, leave the world a better place. That's my big motto is leave everything better than you found it. So if that's Twitter, leave Twitter better than when I first started, than before I was on Twitter. If that's going to a networking event, leave that networking event better. If I'm speaking at an event, leave it better and leave them better wow. than I found them. you're on the right show for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we uh we talk about this a lot, don't we, Dan? <laughs> yeah. But it's I true mean, and you gotta have faith. You know, you you either right are Yeah, yeah. You're either gonna come out of the womb a cynical person or a positive person. Or at least I just made that up. That's probably not true. You come out as a perfect blank slate and you get ruined in the process or you get made better in the process. Maybe that's better. But you can choose at any time to be an abundance person or a lack person. And Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people get dragged back into the lack mentality, like take care of yourself first. Well, if you take care of yourself first, 
you're obviously not taking care of the people who you rely on to buy your things mm-hmm. and listen to you and everything else. So the business is out of business right there with that attitude. It's just mm-hmm. you're out of business. So I think people get pulled back into that stuff because mm-hmm. they start to feel when you watch. I mean, let's just say, you know, where we get our news now is hugely on social media and hugely through feeds like Flipboard and, you know, any of those other kinds of things that you have on your phone and, you know, it's not Walter Cronkite behind this news. It's not, and and, and the news has completely given up the ghost when it comes to uh, ethics and <laughs> everything else and vetting things. They put things straight off of social media right onto their broadcast and apologize for it later when everybody says that's totally not even true. Mm-hmm. So with all of that, it appears that the world is really cynical. If you just take a five-minute trip through your social feed right now, every one of you, and I don't care how well you've cultivated it and how well you tend to your garden, there's going to be something there that's negative. And we start to go, man, what's up with that? I think a lot of people don't understand. Well, none of us really truly understand it, but we understand that it's a fact that bad news travels faster than good news. And it Mm. makes total sense that social media looks the way that it does, right? To me it does because – that, yeah. We don't understand why that's a rule and why people can't thrive on good news because there's ten times more mm-hmm. good news going on in the world at any given point that there's something bad. I've proven that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very, very actually easy to do. You just go out and do some searches and you go, what, what are, what's everybody? So it's a false thing that people are really bummed out, that people are going to try to get something from you, that everything's going to hell, that all of this stuff, it's just not a true picture of the actual world. And the planet, if it could talk, would be like, dudes, I mean, come on. (laughs) There's a lot more going on here than just this thing that you keep harping on. So I think people lose heart in their business. I think people uh, take their businesses and try to uh, advertently or inadvertently turn their business into something that mirrors the world they think exists, which actually doesn't. And that's when a lot of businesses fail. <laughs> you have to feel yeah. like you do. I don't, I don't want people to think that you're on this show uh, to show people a, an alternative way to do things. What I'm hoping that people get out of this when we bring guests like you on is to show them that you are the way that it has to be done, not particularly the specifics of how you run your business or your business model, but your attitude. Mm-hmm. That is, it has to be that way. There is no other way. I mean, there really mm-hmm. isn't. If you're really going to succeed and you're really going to thrive, you have to have that mm-hmm. attitude. I've watched people with m- many different degrees of off of your attitude mm-hmm. toward business that have varying degrees of failure going on in their business at the same time. So mm-hmm. I, I really... That's why we we talk to people like you all the time. We attract that because we want to continually reinforce that message. Well, that's great. I mean, I tell people all the time, the power over your life is in your mind. Uh, you can choose to be grateful or you can choose to be, you can choose to complain. And you can choose to focus on the bad things or you can choose to focus on the good things. And I have my, in my past, I've dealt with some very traumatic events that have involved my family and myself. And I've been in that point in life where I, you know, didn't want to live anymore. I've been to that point in life where I felt like I could go on and it was probably the lowest and deepest, darkest point in my life. And being there and then pulling myself out and going through some of the, you see it all the time with people who have been through some of the worst experiences is they're oftentimes the people that contribute the most to society. It's because we see beyond ourselves. So I, I highly encourage anybody, if you're dealing with negative thinking or you're dealing with, you know, life dragging you down or you're discouraged, is find a way to use that experience, whatever's going on, and use it for good and focusing on how you can impact the world. Because when we use our minds to focus on, you know, how hard life is or how rough it is or whatever we've been through, you wallow in that. You will never succeed. You will never get anywhere. But if you can turn that, focus on the things that you're grateful for. Focus on the fact that now you have an amazing story and you can impact people for greatness. And focusing on the positive, being grateful. I write down three things I'm grateful for every single morning, and I meditate on those things. And just that simple act changes my mind for the entire day so that I can focus on making the world better, 
taking care of my family, building my business. So whatever you guys, have, uh, those of you that are listening, if you've been through some stuff, go ahead and just start using that mindset of gratitude so that you can make an impact on the world. It really works. It's very simple. It's very simple and it really works, except you have to care what you put in your head. You have to. It's like uh, Abraham uh, Hicks always says, when you go to a buffet, you're very picky. Did we lose him again? <laughs> Hello? I don't know where he went again. I'm trying to get him. Okay. <laughs> no worries. Are you still there, Jan? Oh, Jan. There's the really strange thing. It looks like both Jan and Jack are still here. Oh, Isn't no. that weird? <clears throat> it's one of those technology days, Crystal. <laughs> I have those days. And you know what? We just keep trucking on. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. So let's pick up where they left off. Ah, okay. Here's Jan coming okay. back. Yes, Are you there, uh, I'm Jan? not sure why. Yep, I am. Can you hear me yet? I can. Go ahead. Can hear you? Oh, excellent. Oh, so Crystal, I wanted to ask you, since you've had an online business, what do your kids mm-hmm. think about this? Oh, well. My kids are um, seven and nine, and they love that mommy does videos. They want to be in mommy's videos all the time, uh, especially my daughter. She loves the essential oils. She loves my book. She She's like, Mom, I want to help you sell your essential oils, or I want to help you with your video. Um, so they both love it. They're super supportive. Um, they're amazing kids. They are an inspiration to me on a daily basis, and it's I'm raising little entrepreneurs. I see it all the time with the things that my daughter will say. Um, She's like, I want to invent things and and run a business, or I want to sell such and such, or can I make these and sell them, or can I make oil things or jewelry? Um, So my daughter is definitely taking right after me. (laughs) Well, that's really cool because I think, you know, the more entrepreneurs there are, and the kids are seeing people have a really different paradigm of what a job looks like. Yes, they are. I'm back. Oh, come on back, Jack. I don't know what happened. I had to hang up and call back in. I I was hearing you guys just fine. Technology, what a wonder. Uh, Mm. I think that's really cool, though. I've been listening, eavesdropping on you guys and and having the family involved and everything. What's it feel like to you that it's even possible to do what you do? Do you just trip out on that on a regular basis? I would imagine that... You do, and other I people do. who are in our situation do. I really do. So I am a huge history buff. I love uh, reading about history, reading about past stories. And when I just look at what has happened in the last 100 years, um, especially for for anybody, but for women, uh, we, we've been through some being held back, and, you know, it's hard to get a job, and, you know, we'll it's just fascinating to me when I look back over a period of time to see what we're able to do. I'm able to sit at my computer and put out a podcast and put you know put up a blog and have the checks roll in. It's I mean it's that's cutting it down <clears throat> to something really simple. Obviously, it's a lot of work. I work really hard and uh, but right. it's just amazing. I do trip out because I just see how far we've come as a society, as a world with technology. Uh, I, you know, I remember playing Pong on my TV when I was a kid and using the Atari, and then it worked up to Nintendo, and um, then we had computers and cell phones started. It's just how everything's happened, especially in the last 30 to 40 years. It's like we've had this explosion of technology, and now I'm able to sit here and make a living doing what I'm doing. It's, I trip out. Yep, I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I like that. I mean, I you know, I think marketers have really, really destroyed the idea of it just because nobody believes. When you say, I do this work, and then checks come in, you you all you know as well as everybody here that that's been said and played upon like a thousand times uh, a day since the Internet started. I mean, I wrote headlines like that way back in the mm-hmm. day. 
and mm-hmm. uh, literally checks were coming in because I couldn't. There was no online processing, <laughs> so we had to have people send in checks, and then we would send them their PDF or their. Actually, it was an EXE file because PDF hadn't been invented yet. God, I'm old. Anyway, yeah, and I like the history too. I like the history just like you do, and I'm amazed. You could go back to the 50s and call that the primordial sludge out of which we began to creep Mm. onto land because from Mm -hmm. a technology standpoint, that's exactly true. (laughs) That's when we really started to think, all right, we might be able to do something with this. And uh, here we are today. And that's really why we're all here, right? That's That's the dream that we all bought into, and that's the dream that we are living and it's amazing. What I think is fascinating is how people have dealt with or not dealt with the idea of utter and complete freedom. Like, we were always told, well, we had bosses, and the bosses would tell us what to do. The managers would tell us what to do. The, t- the professor in college told us what to do. The teachers in school, everybody told us what to do. The cops tell us what to do. The lawyers, the, you know, we lived it. We still live somewhat in that world, depending on what part of the world you're traveling in at the time. But the Internet gave us absolute and total freedom. Like, how did you, how did you deal with that when you first started? Because... We've been talking about this. We talked about it with Natalie and, and some other guests. There is no real limit. There really isn't. And I'm not just saying that everybody can grow up to be president. That's a plat. That's just a crazy. You probably won't be president. But you do have all the freedom in the world to like just dream up an idea and put it out there. And there's no barrier from cost. There's no barrier from technology. There's no barrier from. You don't have to be highly skilled in anything. You don't need a large corporation to pull it off. Really, things are doing things from their homes. It's, it, people are doing things from their homes. It's just fascinating. But did you ever hold yourself back in the beginning with all the old ideas of, well, I can't do this because that's not how we did it before, or my old college prof wouldn't like me doing this, so I'm not going to do that because he said it wasn't possible then, but it is now. Did you have any of that? Did it slow your business down at all? Oh, most definitely. Uh, I heard a phrase recently, uh, and I was looking at I was checking out someone on social media and this phrase, I think she released a book called Untame Yourself. And society, you know, our experiences, our families, they try, they try to tame us, right? Um, it's just kind of a natural right. thing that happens. You're supposed to live this way. You're supposed to do this way. You're supposed to be this thing. And, you know, you have to, un- you have to reach a point where you can un- kind of unbrainwash yourself a little and untame yourself and let who you are come out. And that can be a scary thing. Many people don't walk in their own truth. You know, I see it all the time. People just on social media, in person, wherever I go, people not walking in their truth. And it's a very rare person that can walk in their truth. And I think um, when, you know, most people when they're on their deathbeds and one of the things they regret is, you know, it usually has something to do with not walking in their truth in their life. And, I have had to go through that process, and sometimes I still have to deal with that. Um, I'm from a very religious background, and I, you know, kind of have gone away from that a little bit, and have found that that's been a struggle is letting go of a lot of mindsets, especially like negative mindsets when it comes to money and finances. So untaming yourself and unbrainwashing yourself from the negative things that happen when we're younger and as we're growing up, and the things that we think about business and society and just letting all that go. And, uh, and to be quite frank, I don't think I could hold a job, a job. Uh, I, I <laughs> have become so untamed that I, I do not do well with somebody directing every course of action that I have to take. Um, I am definitely an entrepreneur. I'm imaginative. I'm a creative. So I'm constantly creating and thinking of different ways of doing things and, Jobs today stifle that. And a lot of people yeah. are sitting in jobs now stifled and held back, and they can't even find themselves because they're so held down. Um, and that's the great thing about being an entrepreneur is you get to go through this entire process of obtaining yourself. That's a beautiful thing. I would, I would never work for a place that would hire me as an employee. <laughs> paraphrase someone else. <laughs> I think it was uh, Chaplin that said that. I would never belong to a club that have that would have me as a member. But yeah, I mean it's 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 nuts and having people deal with that. And here's the proof. So we can talk philosophically about this and provide no statistics whatsoever, and that's fine because people can feel <clears> it <throat> in their gut or not. 
But look at the millennials. Look at the people who are coming up and how naturally they take it. It's like being born able to swim. They were born mm-hmm. able to swim around in this technology and thinking, you know, I can do this, I can do that, this is not a problem. Uh, and then they're shooting back at the old world, the, the tendrils that still hang on this world from the old school stuff, and they're just clipping them off one by one, saying, nope, that's not true, nope, nope, nope. And then a lot of the old school people, I don't know if you followed this in uh, the news or not, but once in a while somebody will write a get off my porch, get off my lawn kind of article. Well, they'll say that the millennials don't have any respect for, and typically what it is is they're, they're still holding on to those old ideas, and they're mad that the millennials don't care at all about them. <laughs> and so then they write an article, and they don't feel, they don't see the irony in what they're doing at all. I love it when those articles come out because it's really just somebody reaching from the depths of obscurity one last time in a vain attempt to hope that we can bring back something that they consider the old days, which nobody could ever recreate. Everybody has a different idea what the old days were anyway. But I think it's kind of crazy uh, when they get into that stuff. Have you seen those before? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, and I, you know, I usually just don't even read them because that's negativity I don't yeah. need in my mind. You know. Good job. Just, Good job. I, I was testing that's, you that's there. That complaining mentality—that's that negativity—and you just have to just go right by it. <sighs> I don't read them either. Somebody told me those exist. I don't ever. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Well, did I say that? I didn't say that. So, well, let's talk about traffic. So. You do authenticity and all of that kind of stuff. Is is just your authenticity the only thing that is a factor in how you attract people into your sphere of influence, or is there a little bit more specificity we can get into? Um, No, I definitely am very specific sometimes with um, the articles that I write. Uh, So, for example, if I do keyword research and I will write articles based on bringing in Google traffic, uh, I've learned how to write good headlines so that they're more likely to be read and spread on social media. Uh, so, and all of that is, is self-taught and training. And of course, you know, over the years, I actually used to run a blogging conference. So I had a lot of speakers and uh, great people that kind of mentored me and I was able to connect with. And I, you know, I soaked up as much information as I could and I read books and that has benefited my site. And as a result, you know, so I definitely am very strategic with a lot of the things that I do. And, you know, and, and to be even completely authentic, my authenticity is strategic. I mean, being real works. It just works. And being myself works. And nobody wants somebody that's fake. Uh, and so, yeah. and I'm, and I'm just to be authentic and real and say that, you know, I do have strategies and I do work hard to bring in that traffic from the searches and the social media sites. I really think that more and more traffic is tied more and more directly to people being able to demonstrate how they live in the world. And not just, hi, I'm Nike, we make these shoes, and here are the shoes. You know, we got to have right. something more. I think everybody's demanding something more from all their people. Uh, that they buy from, or they'll just go somewhere and buy from somewhere else. I don't know all the whipped cream, but... Hello? Oh, Gina, you got to mute yourself. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Thought I was. <laughs> That's okay. Uh-huh. Like Gina's getting something well, with whipped cream on it. Well, all people jealous. have like an innate need to feel like they've contributed something, whether it's a positive or a negative. You know, you'll see it from the gang members on the street. They, You know, they want to feel validated by contributing something. Um, and that's a lot of times why they do violent actions. And then you see, <clears throat> excuse me, see on the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, people that you know go out and serve and uh, will will feed the homeless, and they want to contribute something beyond themselves. So we all have this innate need to do that. We need to we need to feel like we are contributed contributing something. And that that I think that drives everyone, and that's why authenticity and why people want more than just you marketing to them and, and pitching them and being salesy with them because they want some they want to see that you want to contribute something just like they want to. And a lot of times people will buy if they feel like they're contributing something good. They're making a difference. And that's one of the reasons why brands like Tom's Shoes took off. Um, you know, I bought a pair of shoes and then another pair of shoes was donated. Uh, and I recently started working with a, a nonprofit called Dry Butts. 
and it's uh, it's <laughs> it's exactly what it sounds like. It is they take diapers into the communities in Haiti, and because these women don't have diapers for their children, so a lot of people there die from diseases because um, they're, they're san- they can't be sanitary because the babies are pooping everywhere. So these cloth diapers, they go in. You can buy one for yourself, and you can have one donated when you buy one for yourself. Kind of the same thing. So people have a need. Mm-hmm contribute beyond themselves and they connect with that so this is a reason why a lot of brands that do that work and it's no more about you know throwing up some sales copy and hopefully selling a product just about making a difference and I think that I think that is where the society in general is going especially here in the United States because you see it all the time people uh, wanting to do something that makes a difference and uh, you know now we're being more accepting we're starting to accept um, you know, with gay marriage passed, right? And uh, the trans community is becoming more accepted because we're seeing how these, these kids, you know, have been committing suicide just because they're not being accepted and they're being abused by society. So we're all t- starting to do this. It's this expression of love and acceptance. And that's a beautiful thing. So if you are in business and you're marketing, you need to really be authentic and Start doing something to contribute to beyond yourself. It's something you've not done before. Try it. It happens. So I give 10% of my income and I donate it. And that's not just that's not a religious thing. That's because I want to give beyond myself and help those in need. And it's it's a way that you can send out to the universe that hey, I'm giving. And the universe will answer you back and bless you even more immensely, whether it's financially or emotionally. I, you, I get a blessing from being able to give and be in a financial place where I could do that. Uh, and I think that most of us in society now, that, that that's where it's going. So if you are doing those things, you will be blessed immensely. Yeah. It's interesting to think about how consumerism and the change, the, 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 the shift in what people, you know, consume and how they consume it. It's so subtle sometimes that a lot of people don't know it's happening, and that includes us marketers. I don't think a lot of us know to the very depths of how impactful this really, really is, and if it, and it can affect the very next thing that you publish, the very next letter that you put up talking about your product. Uh, um, you know, we, we work on this uh, at Divizio, um, it's a it's an affiliate network, but it's not an affiliate network because it's not like the other ones. It is to facilitate joint ventures and most primarily between profits and nonprofits. And um, it's very very directly to tied to facilitating businesses making that change in the world and incorporating what's happening. The big big shift, and it's happened from the multi billion dollar corporations to the very, very small do-it-yourself mom and pops and everywhere in between. It is really a really big movement. You, you'd be forgiven for not catching that uh, <laughs> because it's still in place and it's just so subtle. It's like there's Tom's shoes out there, but they're, I, think, I have a feeling that a lot of people think they're an exception. I don't think they're an exception anymore. There, there's a lot more businesses like Tom Shoes out there than I think a lot of people understand. And the reason that they can thrive is that people accept that. You buy one and we give one to this poor community it is, is a model now. It just got pitched on Shark Tank. And, and mm-hmm. here's an example of what we talked about before, the old school. Who's the old school? Kevin Harrington. He's the old school guy. He couldn't get over that they were giving something away, that the, that the purchase of something would enable them to both profit and have enough money to give something away to poor people, he could not wrap his mind around it. He'll probably go to his grave not ever understanding how that new world works. And that's fine. He's already a billionaire. He doesn't have to understand it, and he can invest in the old school properties. But for the rest of us, it's very, very instructional. <laughs> like, we need to understand the way the world is starting to consume things. And it's not the vast majority yet or anything like that, but it's moving very, very quickly in that direction. How, in your words, how does that affect the way that you talk to people, that you provide your services? And do you wear your 10% on your sleeve, or you just kind of let people, you know, figure that out for themselves? Oh, I definitely don't wear it on my sleeve. I'm. I'm of the mindset where uh, that which is done in secret has is more powerful, um, and you know it, it came up when. Well, you just this, told this, this massive audience about it. But that's honestly something I've never it. really talked about before. 
Yeah, I've not talked about it with my audience before, <laughs> um, but I have considered um, it when I with the products that I sell, saying something like 10% will be donated to such and such um, organization, and that is actually something I've been considering before. Because up until now, it's kind of like, you know, I want to, I don't want to, I don't want to seem as if I'm boasting or bragging, because honestly, 10% is not that much, right? Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, in the grand scheme of things, things, but. I have considered because people, I think people like to know that when they're purchasing, when they're purchasing something, some of it is going towards good. So I'm, I'm definitely yeah. considered adding it. I would do it. I would do it tomorrow. I would do it tonight if you can, but just give it a <laughs> shot and see how much different reaction you get from people because I think, I really truly believe with all the the stuff that I follow, uh, all of the things that I'm subscribed to, I, I watch this stuff and the world is, is, is starting to feel differently about buying anything, just literally buying mm-hmm. anything, whether it's a service or coaching or shoes or uh, anything. Uh, and it's something to be encouraged. And, and it's not to say that it wouldn't be a strategy on your part because you're going you're gonna to start going, well, maybe that would – if somebody gets right down to the bottom of my letter and they're like, well, I could go with anybody that does juicing and fitness and everything else. Why should I go with you? Because I give 10%, that's it, I'm done, I'm in. You know, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it makes a difference. It makes a difference in your conversion and right. the kinds of people you can attract into your world. Mm-hmm. Very much so because I think uh, it's creeping up on people. The people who aren't looking, it's just going to happen one day and it'll, it'll feel like it was overnight. But it's been, it's been building mm-hmm. for quite some time now that people want to make choices based on cost, sure, this the, the quality value of course but they're throwing in that third metric that they never used to throw in and i and i really believe it's you know i want to take my money and put it in places that feels like i'm investing in the future somehow by buying this product i'm, I'm actually using yeah yeah so give it a shot see what happens we'll do. i'll have to report back and tell you how it goes <laughs> cool all right, so what's the best way to get people into your sphere? What would you say, and how can we give them an example of how they might be able to get people into their sphere of influence by how you answer these questions? Where do you like to meet people first? Ooh, wow, I love to meet people everywhere. I'm such an extrovert. <laughs> uh, I I love going to networking events. I love going to conferences. I love speaking. I I will talk to the random person I'm standing with in the grocery line. Yes, I am that woman. Uh, I just, uh-huh. I just love people. I think you can meet and connect with people anywhere. Um, and I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you're trying to put yourself in a box and say, I'm only going to meet people here. Um, Cause you can, mm-hmm. I've, I've made connections with amazing people like at a restaurant that have become great friends or became business partners or bought, bought something for me from me. So meeting people anywhere and everywhere and Facebook groups, honestly, if you're an introvert, I, I, I don't want, I want to give a shout out to the introverts out there, have much respect for y'all. Uh, if you're an introvert, uh, Facebook groups are a great way to go. And a lot of introverts love doing video too, um, because you're just talking to a camera and you're not um, necessarily talking to people. So connecting people, I actually have several um vegan groups. So I am plant-based. So in order to connect with fellow vegans, I you know, went in and found as many groups as possible and I started engaging. And then I put it a post and said, I would love to have more vegan friends. Um, you guys feel free to friend request me. And I ended up with like 100 friend requests that day. Um, so finding groups that are relevant to your niche, where your people are, on Facebook is a great way to go. Um, same thing with Twitter or LinkedIn. So I'll go to LinkedIn, and if I'm looking for certain types of people in the Atlanta area, because I'm in Atlanta, uh, I will do a search there, find them. If they're if I can't get in touch with them, because I think you can do a paid thing with LinkedIn, and you can message anybody, but I just Google their name and an email, and I can usually find an email, and I'll email them and introduce myself. And I've done this a lot with uh, PR people in Atlanta, uh, because. Uh, one of the ways that I'm able to make money and go to events and connect with more people is through the PR people. I must get like at least 10 invites a week to separate events going on in Atlanta because I'm on these lists with these PR people that are local. Um, so definitely if you are not doing that, get on LinkedIn, find, search PR Atlanta or PR 
Austin or wherever you are and start connecting with people. Get on Twitter and tweet them. Say, hey, I just wanted to let you know I'm local. I'm in Atlanta. Um, and they PR people love to put you on their email list. And, you know, it's funny, for the longest time, I actually used to hate getting PR pitches because it's like, what, they want me to post this for free? Well, I don't post for free, obviously, but the connection I can make with them is more valuable. So when they pitch me, I'll respond back and say, you know, give them my media kit or I'll just build a relationship and say, hey, this isn't, you know, relevant for me right now, but please keep me in mind for maybe topics on organic living or healthy living. And that actually has allowed my emails to become a lot more targeted. So I get a lot less meat pitches and I get more, you know, organic and healthy living pitches and eco-friendly products. So that is, that has been vital for my business. I think is connecting with those PR people and getting over the fact that they're sending me, you know, a, a blanket pitch and actually pitching them back or when they invite me to events, go to these events. I mean, I may or may not put something on social media. If they're, you know, providing me value that night, then I definitely will. Um, But being able to network with like-minded people at these events is huge and a big benefit. So if you get PR pitches or if you want to get them, uh, go ahead and do that and start pitching them back, building those relationships, going to the events that they invite you to. And um, so those are probably my two biggest tips would be the PR people, connecting with them, and Facebook groups. Facebook groups are where it's at right now. Oh, yeah. We know we just uh, interviewed Colin Terrio uh, not too long ago. I guess it's getting sort of long ago, but he just makes his whole living off of a a Facebook group and um, his iPad and (laughs) really has no use for even a domain. I mean, he's hardcore uh, extreme um, in that direction. So you can go, you can know that something like that exists in the world. Most people wouldn't choose to go that far out. Um, and just run their whole business off a group, a PayPal account, and a uh, tablet. But <laughs> that yeah, that's pretty impressive. I'd like to, I'd, I'd like to know happen. how he does that. That'd be fascinating. He basically does all his content on there. On on the you know if he's if you make a blog post, he makes a post to his group, a really in depth kind of thing, and people mm-hmm. love it. And they're like you know that's the first destination for. Um, thousands of people on Facebook. He's got about 18,000 people in the group, and mm-hmm. uh, he's built that up over several years. Um, but they listen. He's got great edge rank. They respond. So when he puts something up there, uh, more people see that through the Facebook algorithm than um, people posting to groups where nobody's engaged. He keeps them engaged. Right. He's found the formula for that, and it works for him. So he'll describe his product and everything, and then send you directly to a PayPal link, <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, and it works. So, you know, that's mm-hmm. something that would be a little bit too edgy for everybody to do, but there is that extreme to give you an example that you probably could find a very comfortable place somewhere in between the two and uh, do very well. So I like that you gave that advice. Not a lot of people have uh, mentioned how important groups are when we ask those questions. Mm-hmm. So great job. Uh, let's well, see. Uh 1259. Oh my goodness, we're about done. So let's give them a URL. Where can people meet you right now? Uh, naturalthrifty.com. Naturalthrifty.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> this has been great. And I'm very uh, friendly, so <laughs> go, feel free to go friend me on Facebook too, Crystal E. Collins. Oh, you sound totally mean today. I don't. You're very unapproachable <laughs> sounding. Uh, so, absolutely, everybody, reach out. And the thing is, uh, you never know what you're going to get. If you think that it's because Crystal's not in your market, or I mean, I mean, you know, or any of those kinds of things, what she said about PR today should change your mind about when you respond to people. Uh, because if somebody's doing something, that's a thing that you need to follow up on. And you can find somebody who's really into what they're doing and going for it. You never know. The people that she works with might be really great referrals to your program or vice versa. So uh, great great advice today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. It was such an honor to be here. Gina, back to you. Thank you so much, Jack and Crystal and Jan. Awesome show, guys. And we will be back next week, same time, same place, for another episode of Traffic Masters. Have a great week, everybody. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters. From traffic to conversion to business success.